Ever feel like you're doing this teaching thing alone? You don't have to be. Share Teaching is all about sharing the workload through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Together, we'll walk through all the difficult parts of teaching and learn how to streamline our processes, fine-tune our time management, and develop a more manageable workload. If that sounds like a dream come true to you, then welcome to the Shared Teaching Podcast. Let's share in the teaching to make those dreams a reality. Now here's today's Shared Teaching. Welcome back to the Shared Teaching Podcast. This is your host, Susan, and you are listening to episode number 29, where we're going to talk about how I introduce sight words in five powerful ways. Now, before we get into today's episode, I just want to mention that this post has a freebie to it, so you want to make sure you go to the show notes, which are located wherever you are looking at this podcast episode. Um, It is also on shareteaching.com forward slash how dash to dash introduce dash site dash words. So you can find that just on the blog. You can look under literacy or you can also look under podcast at shareteaching.com. So this download I am quite proud of because it belongs to the bigger part of my sight word spelling program. So it's a mini sample and it gives you the pretest of the first 20 Dolch sight words. And what I like my students to do is not only learn how to read these sight words, but to spell them as well. So I want them to be proficient in both by the time they exit my classroom. Now it doesn't always happen. It just depends on where the students are starting when they enter. But using this freebie, you can pretest your students on the first 20 words, and then you can group them. So I've included the sheet that I use to group, and you just simply write their names, and then you check whether they're on list one, two, three, or four. And then I also gave you the recording sheet for the spelling assessment. And so I always give them the spelling assessment, then I group them, and then throughout the week, We are practicing the words and we are working with partners, which are going to be explained um, throughout August in a series of blog posts and podcast episodes. So you'll want to make sure that you stay tuned for that. So now let's go ahead and get into today's episode, which is five powerful ways to introduce sight words. So I found through trial and error, plus lots of my own research, that there are five really powerful ways to introduce sight words. And I'm a firm believer that it's extremely important to also build time into each and every school day to allow for sight word practice. I prefer focusing on a small amount of words, no more than five each week. So For today's episode, five is our magic number. It's five ways how to introduce and five words a week. So very simple to try to remember. So every single introductory lesson on sight words, students should be hearing, seeing, speaking, spelling, and of course, writing the new words. 
So the first step is that students need to see the word in print. And this, this is kind of a no-brainer. Of course you want the, the students to see the words in print. So maybe you have them posted on your word wall. Maybe you write them on your whiteboard. Maybe they're doing a little high five um, when you give the weekly words every time they leave the, the classroom because you've posted them next to the door. So this I've seen in a couple different Pinterest pins where you literally have an outline of a hand with the sight word written on it and the student kind of gives a high five to the high five posted on the door, if that makes sense. Very cute. And it can be effective-ish, but there's always a different way you can do things and maybe a more effective way. So for many years, I'm guilty of writing the weekly words just on index cards and I put a magnet on the front whiteboard. And then before the weekly test, I would take them down. And then after the test, I would staple them to the word wall in their permanent position where the students would be helping me figure out which letter I would need to file them under. But what do you do about the students that don't normally like to pay attention when you're practicing the words? You know, they look off into space, they're looking at their friends, or picking at a spot on the carpet, they're doing anything but actually looking at the words while you try everything to try to get them to just look. You ask, you know, you give them reminders, you call their name, maybe you move them right up front for that proximity. So how about just giving them their own copy of the words, right? Sounds simple enough. So you're going to pass out the week's words for them to add to their own sight word rings. So they're just going to keep them on their own little ring, and they're going to be able to see them while you're saying them and hopefully hold them, write them, practice them. You can also give them blank cards for them to write their own words, and you want to make sure that you are checking the spelling if you're allowing them to do that. Another great way to do it is also included in my SightWord spelling program is tracing flashcards. So you introduce the words, you give them the flashcards, and they actually have to trace the letters on the flashcards before they put them on their ring. And then that kind of also is just a secondary step of trying to remember those words. Okay, so you want them to take ownership in some way for the words they are learning. Then when you ask them to look at the word they're learning, they're looking at their own copy in their hands. So that makes it really easy. Also, you want to make sure you share the sight word in a sentence. So students also need to see the word in context in order to better understanding or understand it. The science of reading promotes not teaching sight words in isolation, but rather in context and using phonics when possible. So following the introduction day, I make sure to spend the rest of the week using these principles of not having the sight words isolated, but in context, and also working on students practice finding the phonograms within their sight words to practice writing and reading the words using anchor sentences. And I'm going to talk about that like I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, in upcoming episodes in August. So some additional ways to incorporate seeing the words are using a daily slideshow, center activities, going on book hunts, maybe you have a weekly or monthly poem for shared reading, and they can find the sight words in there. 
They can wear a sight word necklace. And like I mentioned earlier, you can post the words near the door and the kids are kind of giving it a high five as they go out. Okay, so that was number one, they need to see the words. Number two is you wanna make sure students are hearing the word. Okay, so it can't be just you, the teacher, saying the words so the students can hear it. They also need to be saying the words to hear themselves say it. So there's a lot of ways you can incorporate this when introducing words. And the simplest way is to have students repeat the word after you. So you might say, the word is see. Say see, and they'll say see. So you want to make sure you have students point and read the word with their finger when they are repeating it. Again, you want to make sure they have those their own copy of the words, maybe on an individual word ring, or maybe you gave them a you know half-size sheet of paper with the weekly words on it. But some way of having a tangible copy of the words in their hands. I also love to have students body spell the words. So for this, they need to know their tall, small, and hanging letters. So this is a wonderful way to reinforce multiple concepts. So I know students really need a lot more practice with identifying letter formation, especially coming up. When I taught for summer school, I was teaching the incoming first graders, and they were all over the place in terms of their uppercase and lowercase letters, and also just their letter formation in general with their path of motion when writing. So body spelling is a great way to help them figure out the features of each letter. Okay, so once again, body spelling is knowing tall, small, and hanging letters. So tall, of course, are those letters that reach to the top line, if you're thinking of those three handwriting lines. So those are letters like lowercase k, l, h. They reach that top line. Small letters are the letters that only come up to that middle dotted line. So letters like short. Um, we're always thinking uppercase, or sorry, lowercase letters when we think of body spelling. So that would be A. I call I a small letter because the main part of I is within the dots. And then the big dot above the I is over the middle line. So I like to consider I as a small letter. And then hanging letters are things that go below that last line of print. So that would be J, P, Q, okay, you get the idea. So if they're spelling big, they would say B, and they would stand up with their hands up in the air. So I always tell kids, get out of your desk, stand up, we're gonna do some body spelling. So they're all standing up, they're finding a small space around them, behind their desk, to the side of their desk. And so if I say B, they say B and they throw their hands straight up in the air because B is a tall letter. Then they would say I and I, they would put their both hands on each side of their hip and then say I. And then G, they would actually bend at the waist and we kind of dangle our arms to show that we are hanging letters and we're hanging below the line. So we think in terms of our body as our head being the top line, our waist or our middle line um, being the middle, and then our hanging line is down by our feet. So we're kind of dangling our arms to touch the floor. So that is how you would body spell. 
So kids find it very fun. It's also a great way to take a little brain break, but also still continue with academics at the same time. So other ways you can have students hearing the words are to have your slideshow with sound. So when they see the word and, it's saying the word and. It's playing different sight word websites. It's working with a partner using flashcards. It's maybe having a little um, piece of paper and recording tally marks every time they hear that word throughout the day. Or it's having QR codes with sight word centers where they hear that audio reinforcement of the words. Okay, so the third way to introduce sight words is to make sure the students are saying the words. So number one was seeing, number two is hearing, number three is saying. So when you're introducing new sight words to the class, you need to make sure they are saying the word multiple times. Of course you have them repeat the word back to you, which helps them hear it and they're saying it, so that's a win-win in my book. So we wanna take that just a step further. So students are saying the word, looking at the word, hearing the word, but what's an engaging way to do this other than I say, you say, and then we repeat that back and forth a few times for good measure? Well, how about kids saying it in different voices? So this is an oldie but a goodie, so there's probably just a hundred ways that kids can say words in a fun and silly voice. So just a few that I can think of right now are a football player, right? So you think of that kind of like 10 hut sound. So like big, big, right? So they're pretending to be a football player. They're pretending to be an opera singer, a robot, a mouse, a bear, and even just a quiet whisper voice. I like to pick one for each word. So each time we're saying a different word, the students say the word, spell it, and then say the word again, all while using that fun voice. And then we repeat using different voices for each of the other words. So other ways that students can practice saying the words are you can have them tell it to a stuffed animal if you're allowed to have those yet in your classroom. They can record into an app. So there's a lot of, um, even my regular phone has just like a little recording button so they can like record even an, a video file and record themselves saying the words and then they can listen back to it. They can hear it in a listening center and then repeat what they're hearing in their headphones. And of course, they can tell a partner. So the fourth way we wanna introduce words is that students need to spell the word. So we are so far introducing and practicing the sight words by seeing them, hearing them, saying them. So number four is we are going to spell them. So my go-to always has, and probably always will be, to have students write words on a whiteboard. I love myself whiteboards in a classroom. They are one of my favorite go-to tools. So it's still a good idea, but we wanna reserve writing the words on the whiteboards for the second day. On the first day, you're introducing the words, but, and you want a fast way to spell and practice the words. So you don't want something that's gonna take a long time. So again, using those same flashcards or the sight word rings, you're gonna have students say the words and then trace the letters as they spell them. So they're just using their finger 
and writing over the top of the words on their flashcards. And you're going to have them say the word again at the end to reinforce which word they are learning. So I always have students say it, spell each letter, and then say the word again, because we really want to kind of cement that word in their brain, and it kind of gives closure to that word. Um, So if I say cat, C-A-T, and then I just go to the next word, dog, I might not be remembering cat is cat, and now I'm confusing it with dog. And yes, I know those are not sight words, but those are just the first two that happened to pop into my head just now. So you want them to spell it, say it, spell it. Now, the more times a student can say, hear, and see the word in print each week, the more they will remember it. So you really want to make sure that you're giving them enough time to be seeing that word many, many times throughout the week. Another favorite way I like to practice quick spelling is to have students use their arms to spell. And I believe this technique comes from Orton Gillingham, although I was never trained um, in using OG, but um, this is how I was taught and this is what I do. So I call this... um, Arm spelling, sorry, I had a blank for a minute. So you're going to say the word and you're going to hold your arm straight out. And because I'm right-handed, I hold my left arm straight out and I put my right hand starting on my left shoulder. I'm going to keep my arm straight as I spell the word. And as I spell, I'm going to tap the letters down my arm as I go. So if I just have a CVC word, it's going to go from shoulder, elbow, to wrist. If I have a little bit longer word, then I'm going to kind of just scrunch those letters up a little closer so that by the time I get to my wrist, I can spell the whole word on my wrist. Now this works best for like first and second grade, but once you get into a little bit harder and longer words and multisyllabic words, then this is a little bit harder to do um, the actual spelling on, but it's great for breaking up the words too. Okay, so I'm going to say a CVC word. So I might say, um, oh, that's not a CVC word. Uh, Every time you're on the spot, right? Don't you just kind of (laughs) blank? So I would, let's just um, not even say it's a CVC word. Let's just say was. So if I sound out was, I have was. Uh, I have three sounds, so I would I would tap my shoulder and I'd say wah, tap my elbow, uh, and then tap my wrist, z, wah, uh, z, and then I would go back to my shoulder and I would say the word. And as I say the word, I'm sliding in one smooth movement from my shoulder to my wrist. Was okay. There's a lot of good YouTube videos on how to do that. So I would recommend if you're having trouble picturing what I'm doing, that you go ahead and just Google um, arm spelling and see if you can find a good tutorial on that. If I can find one um, after recording this episode, I will link one in my show notes for you. Okay, so number five is students must write each sight word. Okay, so we've got, we've introduced the words. They've repeated them back to you and they've spelled them. Maybe they've written them up in the air. The last step is we want to make sure they are writing them. So if they spelled them out loud, they still need a written component, right? 
So again, I'm going to go back to Orton Gillingham and borrow from them. Again, I'm not trained, but I did have people that were trained at a previous district that showed me how to use these strategies. So a great way to introduce words and help make them stick is to ask students to copy the words over a different surface texture. So for this, I use a small rectangle of plastic canvas. Now, if you're not familiar with what plastic canvas is, you're going to want to go ahead and look at my blog post. So it's sharedteaching.com. And again, this is called How to Introduce Sight Words in Five Powerful Ways. You can find it at the top of sharedteaching.com if you go to literacy. And it should be the first one up there because it's the most recent post at the time of this recording. Okay, so way at the bottom of the blog post, because we're almost to the end and we're wrapping this up, is something called screen writing. So plastic canvas is just made out of plastic and it's just tiny little squares. So if you're familiar with cross stitch, it's the same concept except it's in plastic. So it's like a thicker material made out of holes and a lot of people put um, yarn through them and they make decorative um, baskets and coasters and sometimes even little animals and stuff. I actually, side note here, <laughs> used to do a lot of things in plastic canvas. It was one of my favorite things to craft with. So I'm very familiar with plastic canvas and now it's another tool I can use in my classroom. So you just cut a small rectangle of plastic canvas and it should last you all year as long as it Students aren't going crazy with their scissors against it, um, but it should hold up fairly well. It's fairly sturdy, and you just put a piece of paper on top of the plastic canvas, and then using a crayon or even your pencil, as you write the word, it makes the bumps, and that also helps remember because having that added texture really helps students learn. Okay, so some other ways you can write the word, and these are fun things that you can do throughout the week, is to have them write the word on their partner's back. I like to do this one with my daughter. She giggles and she finds it tons of fun, but trying to guess the word that someone's writing on your back is actually kind of hard, and you really have to pay attention to the letter formation and what they're writing. So that's a fun one. Shaving cream is another good one. It also makes your room smell really nice. I love it. So you just spray it a tiny bit, maybe not a tiny, tiny bit, but just a small amount on the desk and then students can write and then they can use their hand to kind of wipe it clean and then they can write again and then smooth it again with their hand until it becomes nothing. And then you can get a pep wet paper towel and wash it off because it's just like soap and it'll clean right off your desk and then your desk will smell nice and it was an added benefit. Okay, again, you can write on whiteboards. There's different center activities. You wanna make sure that they are seeing that word in a sentence and they are writing it. And also um, some kind of printable book maybe. There's a lot and there's a ton of sight word um, printable books that you can find either for free or for purchase, especially on Teachers Pay Teachers. They're very popular sight word printable books and you can find a bunch of them that way. I do recommend um, center activities where they're really having to think through spelling that word and finding the word in print. So I do have letterboxing sight word bundles 
And for that, the student has to read the anchor sentence, figure out which word is going to fit those letter boxes. So it's not as simple as seeing the word and just writing, okay, so let's say on the side it says, let's say was again, and then, oh, okay, I got three boxes here, I'm just going to write was. They actually have to read the sentence, so maybe the sentence is, it was sunny today, and they have to figure out, okay, well, there's three boxes that I have to fill, which of these words have three letters? And then they have to say, okay, well, if there's two words with three letters, what are the features of those words? Which ones have tall letters? Which one have hanging letters? And then they can kind of figure out from there which ones are going to fit those letter boxes. So that really helps them pay close attention to the spelling of the word, which is what the science of reading is recommending in my research at least. Okay, so to recap, we want to make sure that it's important to have a routine when introducing your weekly high-frequency words or sight words. You should have no more than five new words each week. And I just pick five because I also have an additional five that goes with our word study. And my school is requesting that I use words their way this year. So wish me luck. I haven't done it before, but I am borrowing from, I believe her name is Lanisha Tab um, with Education with an Apron. She has a really good word study program for lower primary students, so like kindergarten, first, second, um, where she tests them using the Words Their Way primary spelling inventory, and then she uses that to form her word study groups. And I'm going to be talking about more about that in an August podcast episode. So make sure you tune in on Wednesdays. New episodes come out then. Or if you're a subscriber to my email list, you will get the weekly email that tells you about the blog post. And like I mentioned last week, I'm starting to do my blog post and my podcast episode as one thing instead of two separate things each week. So it's a little bit more manageable for myself and maybe for the rest of us who are also really busy and don't have time maybe for two separate things. So I'm just going to combine them. Okay, so make sure you mix up your activities to keep engagement high and the routine fresh. And you want to make sure that each of the five components are used every time words are taught in a multi-sensory approach to really stick in their memories. So again, it was seeing, speaking, hearing, spelling, writing. And it doesn't have to take a long time. It can be very quick. But then you also want to make sure you're reinforcing it throughout the week as the week goes on. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. And I would love to hear some of your favorite ways to introduce sight words. And do you use more than these five components or do you use less? I would love to hear some more. So please make sure you are listening to wherever this podcast is. Maybe it's on iTunes. You're leaving me a review or a comment and telling me all about how you're introducing your sight words. And I will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in. If you've loved this show, then join me in sharing the teaching, hitting that subscribe button, and leaving us a review on iTunes, so we can be found by more teachers like you who are ready to start sharing the workload. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Find new episodes each week on shareteaching.com. 
Thanks for listening to the Share Teaching Podcast.